What's up, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by DistroKid. Super stoked to have DistroKid supporting the podcast. They're the go-to for digital distribution and the easiest way for musicians to get music into Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, TikTok, YouTube, and more. They offer unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of their earnings in stores 10 to 20 times faster than any other distributor. Fastest payouts, they help out with automatic splits, cover song clearance. I really dig this company and I dig their business model that offers more features than any other distributor at the most affordable price possible for solo musicians, artists, bands, DJs, performers, and any other creators that are recording music in their home. And they also offer label services as well. The best part about DistroKid supporting the podcast is that they are offering Dan Cable Presents listeners 30% off your first year of membership, which is absolutely huge, making their already affordable memberships even cheaper. So check out the link in the episode notes. I will put that there, or you can also find it in my link tree in my Instagram bio. Click that link and it will give you 30% off that sign up. Can't thank DistroKid enough for sponsoring the podcast. Let's start the episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Dan Cable Presents program. Volume 16 of I Dig Records is coming at you. Thanks for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes of the regular Dan Cable Presents podcast coming at you every Friday. A uh, conversation with an artist usually happening, covering all genres of music and every other Wednesday, you can find this I Dig Records series where my cousin Bobby and I do the deep dive on a record, usually something from one of our collections. And this week, we've got Flying Lotus's Los Angeles, something uh, that I picked out of Cuzzo's collection and one that I hadn't listened to many times before. So it was uh, cool to get familiar with this one. And if you dig what you hear, please do rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Leave those reviews. Say a few nice words. It only takes a minute or two. Just huge for the growth of this thing and helping strangers find the podcast. If we can get it up in the tops of those iTunes charts great way to contribute to the sustainability and growth of it appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to do that and i'll put all the links in the episode notes for the dan cable presents mugs and t-shirts the spotify playlist that i've been putting out every month the podcast is also available on spotify if that's your preferred spot to listen to things and I'll also put in the episode notes the uh, Instagram links for my cousin as well as both of his music groups, High Pulp and Sun King and his record label 
Inside Voices. Shout out to Vortex Music Magazine from here in Portland, Oregon for uh, being a longtime supporter of the, the podcast. Those links will be there as well. And stay tuned Friday for a fresh episode of the podcast with one of my favorite contemporary producers out of Australia. Alice Ivy is on the show. Stoked to share that one. Until then, this is volume 16 of I Dig Records with my cousin Bobby. And this is us talking about Flying Lotuses, Los Angeles from 2008. I just want everybody to know that I dig records. I dig records, bro. I gotta say, you know, since we did this last one, rest in peace to DMX. Oh, man. And I don't know if you heard, I just got texted about this, but rest in peace to Shock G. Yeah. That's crazy. I just saw that, too. This is crazy. And Black Rob, too. This really? Too. Yeah. Just I, the other day. I remember Black Rob not because I ever listened to his music, but because, um, and that's no disrespect. I just never came. You know, it never hit me. Uh, but his name was Rob, and my name is Rob. So <laughs> I was like, this dude has my name. You know, I was like, there's Lil Rob for for a minute too, and I remember Lil Rob, and so yeah, damn, Black Rob too, huh? Yeah, man. I have listened to a little bit of Black Rob, but not he's got not, some not much. He's got some killer jams, but yeah, man, that DMX passing definitely got me chasing down the the DMX discography and just reminded what a what a beast this dude was on the mic and like mm-hmm. it's dark and hell is hot is that's yes, like sir. front to back. Yes, sir. It, it's that's like one of those really long records too. It's, it's like an hour. It's over dude. an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Both and, that and um, the one that was uh, right before or after it. Uh, and then there was X, that one. Uh, the one that was right flesh after Flesh of my it, flesh, blood of my blood. Flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood. Yeah. That that one. Yeah. Um, both of those records, man. They're long, but they're so good. I was, it's weird sort of how it happened because I tapped into DMX. Um, when I was young, he was like one of my favorite rappers. And then I sort of was like, I I should listen to It's Dark and Hell is Hot through, you know, front to back. Because I never really done that because I only listened to him when I was young. Um, because he was like really popular and this and that. So I, I knew all the hits and, you know, some of the some of the deeper cuts. But I didn't know the whole record. So like maybe a month ago, I just like, you know, put it in my library to like remind myself to listen to it. And then like a week or two later, he was like, you know, OD'd. So it's pretty crazy, man. Incredible rapper. Like who has a more recognizable voice in the entire music game? Yeah. Like pull genre out of it then right. when you hear dmx's voice rough riders anthem dude is maybe yeah. one of the most iconic anthem like anthemic songs of all time i remember the first time i heard that song yeah like the first time it like hit me i was like yeah i feel like this. that's one of those jams that like you could pretty much be anywhere even by yourself mm-hmm. and if there's a group of people around you if you just went like 
stop <laughs> drop and like someone yeah. like a bunch of other Everybody people would chime it. in and, and yeah. finish it for yeah. you did you see the video of him at whatever festival it was that was circulating on instagram i think it's like woodstock it might be it's like woodstock. one of the yeah. woodstock That's 99s or something yeah. like that yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. oh man insane with the overalls yeah man it's crazy yeah it's pretty fucking sad man um and i don't even know how shock g died i, I literally just yeah i just like, saw that just as well um, he was found dead in a hotel room in tampa that's all it says right now um, so yeah i don't know man um you know that's you know i mean for people that don't know shock g uh, I mean, if you're a Tupac fan, you have to pay your respect to Shock G, you know, and that's, that's enough said, you know, yeah. like that's, that's crazy. So he was 57. So that's, you know, man, that, uh, ain't no sunshine by DMX on it's dark and hell is hot. Yeah. I was like 12 years old, and I was like, that was my, that's my favorite song. Like, that is my favorite song. I love that song so much. I, I used to like, I used to play uh, online poker when I was like 12. And <laughs> Hell yeah! It dude. was like, it was like this weird time because it was like. It was like right, right when iTunes was maybe getting started, where you were paying for that music, uh, like online. But um, it was like sort of like it was right around the LimeWire time as well. But I, I had this Yahoo, this free Yahoo music thing, and they had like music videos for everything. It was just like it was like a music video database, and it was like you know thousands of music videos, and it was free. And I would just like play poker on like MSN or something. You you know with just like random fucking people like 12 years old and um and just listen to tons of music and do that for hours you know hours day in day out and ain't no sunshine was one of the songs i'd listen to so much and i knew every word and it was the like five minute song and the flow and his whole thing you know and i didn't know it like i didn't think about it like that back then i just thought about it like it's an amazing song right i didn't even know it was a sample i didn't know the bill withers song you know i knew the dmx song before i knew the bill yeah. withers song you know what i mean it, um so yeah man it's just yeah it's pretty weird i haven't really reflected on it at all it's just like crazy you know it ain't no sunshine when the dark man comes out and i want mine so i plan to keep my gun out we got four nines four niggas running and run out but i bust mine because i'd like to hear some shout get at me dog niggas know i was going dizzy when it comes to that flow i get busy who is it dark man of the unknown one dog, one bone. Now who ain't going home? Looks like you. You hit strike one, talking shit. Strike two. Won't be a strike three, cause I don't play fair. I'ma look you in your eye while he hit you from the rear. Be like, yeah, holding you up. And then you know Black Rob, right? Like you have, you know, like, like, like I said, I've listened to some of his stuff. He's from California, right? You know, you know the Woe track, though. Mm -mm. Put that on. Put on well. As soon as you hear it, you're gonna know. 
He's from New York. He's from New York and he's part of the bad boy family. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an art. That's like, yeah, that's a fucking huge hip hop classic. I had this bad chick of town. She was had me messed up in the head. I mean, bought the chick diamonds and pearls. I mean, should have seen the ice shining on the wrist. Now money ain't the bottom. See my dough is like pull out my bankroll on y'all dudes like lost the blue strip two tip like money wanna beat my blueprints. I'm like, and then also bad bad boy for life. He's on that track, right? Which is, yeah, I, th- I think that song is like that. That shit's in my DJ library still. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's too uh-uh. good. But yeah, he's he's in the you know that bad boy family and yeah, man. R.I.P. And yeah, a heart attack. So heart attack, huh? Yeah, brutal, man. Brutal. Kidney failure is what this says. Really? Yeah. You know, I don't know. What What are you supposed to believe, you know? I mean, I don't know. It just seems there's a lot of ways to die, you it's know? A cardiac arrest on this one, you know? Yeah. There's that, um, there's that Mad Lib um, skit, and he says, you're going to feel pretty stupid dying of nothing. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, it's like, yeah, you know? <laughs> Six million ways to die. Choose one. What causes kidney failure? Let's see. Uh, is this what is this what you're taking the, taking the listeners on this? I'm week? just I'm just curious. I don't know. You know, like we're gonna say do, uh, we don't have a Kanye sample to go through this week, risk, so we're gonna do we're gonna do some <laughs> medical. Risk factors for kidney failure. I'm curious. Diabetes, high blood pressure, smoking, obesity, um, being a person of color is literally listed, um, which is fucked up because that's not the fault of people of color. That's the fault of, you know, the system. Um, Yeah, interesting. Uh, Heart disease. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm at risk of this because, you know, high blood pressure and heart disease runs in my family. So, RIP Fucking who Rob. knows? RIP Black DMX. RIP DMX. RIP Shock G. Um, my Kanye sample of the week is um, Wait. Uh, sis- Sister Nancy. Are you familiar? What are we doing? Oh, we're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing this. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing this every week from now on. Um, from now on yeah yeah we, we we're doing it the, uh, the album person is, that appreciates this section is my other cousin who's obsessed with kanye not my cousin nope not your cousin oh hey my sec my my cousin's cousin yeah that's my cousin cousin you know? max shout out cousin, cousin max. max um bam bam by sister, sister nancy, nancy. Which is off of the record One Two, which is an amazing fucking album from front to back, and uh, it is sampled on "Famous" by Kanye in just an amazing drop. And that whole song is a crazy song because at first he has Rihanna sing a Nina Simone part, and then he goes in and at the middle of the tune he samples "Bam Bam" 
by Sister Nancy. And at the end of the same tune, he has the Nina Simone actual sample that Rihanna was singing at the front of the song come in the original with Nina Simone singing it on the back of the song. No matter how they try, we never gonna die. I just wanted you to know. Next level goes. thinking. Yeah, some layers. Nice thinking. Layers yeah, to the jam, right? But yeah, damn, that's a bummer. Um, yeah, I do want to just... Yep, yep, go ahead. R.I.P. to Roz G. We're talking tonight about Flying Lotus's Los Angeles, yeah. which we'll get into a bunch of L.A. stuff and the For beat sure. music and the SP404 and a whole bunch of sampling and all this and that. And Rasji, who was, um, you know, a, a luminary and a and a and a and a and a, and a foundational pillar, you know, of that LA scene. Big head. Uh, big head. Died last year, maybe a little longer. It's fucking blur. Yeah, it's about a year ago. Yeah, it's like he he died. Yeah, July 2019. Man, yeah. I found out about Rasji like a week before he died. That's yeah. I mean, he was he was still on the come up because I you know, I and this is sort of something interesting with like how things work where like the whole scene, the whole beat scene is a thing. And like all those people coming out of LA, like the first person I heard of coming out of LA's beat scene was Daedalus. And I didn't know he was even a part of this larger beat scene. You know what I mean? Um, but my buddy Nick in high school really liked Daedalus because Nick had gotten into electronic music and using the Novation Launchpad and this and that and you know just like it you know it he he got tapped into that and I never heard of Flying Lotus I never heard of Ross G I'd never heard of you know any of the other people um and then eventually I started to hear of these other people and it was all just sort of they're all playing at the same thing they're all doing this low end theory thing they're all they're all working on a SP404, maybe not Daedalus, but it just sort of, you, you know, you start to connect the web a little bit yeah, and uh, you realize it's all sort of tapped in, but there's so many people, myself included, that wasn't hip to Ross G until like pretty late, you know what I mean? Like you've listened to six Flylo records and you own four of them, but you've never listened to Ross G, you know? Um yeah, dude, it's so, yeah. He's got so, he's got some you know, some killer tracks. Yeah, I mean that dude's a giant, you know. And the thing that's interesting about the whole beat scene thing, in my opinion, and not to hashtag beat scene, whatever the fuck, I don't know what to call it, but for lack of a better word, the L.A. beat scene. Um, it's just like those cats are all so prolific. They put out so much music, you know. That yeah, it's dude, like Ross G put out. It's hard to keep up. This this dude put out twenty four albums since two thousand eight. 
24 albums and mixtapes mix up until that's 2019, been, like in an 11 bananas. year span. That's bananas, dude. Well, I think like, it's just like, you know, it's one of those things too, though. Like when you're independent like this is like, you can just put out whatever the fuck you want to put out. Yeah. And you're not, you know, there's no one else driving that part and just yeah. that freedom to do that. And I'll put yeah. the, I'll put in the episode notes, those those links for those two videos that you sent me that kind of yeah. highlight the beat scene and low end theory. And I really encourage everyone to check that those videos out. It's like 15 minutes worth of shit total. It's yeah. like very much pretty chill. So I also just um, like really appreciate that often these, uh, these types of producers, beat makers, whatever you want to, uh, label it as are often, identify as these introverts yeah you know and and they don't they don't need any words to like speak for them it's often just the just the instrumental beat but just how right you know i think i think flying lotus even references it in one of those videos where he's just like yeah it's just dope that i can just go do all of this by myself on my own yeah and kind of disappear into it and i don't know there's a part of me that i feel like resonates with it i wouldn't say that i'm necessarily an introvert but i think i i think i understand or like for myself just like i'm sure you can just like experiencing kind of getting lost in in the the creation zone yeah and especially when it's on on your own it feels like it's 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 a completely different trip right when you're doing it on your own opposed to if you're doing it with eight other members of the pulp crew no yeah 100 percent. and you know i think also it's interesting like i remember just growing up and a lot of people liking hip-hop because it was just like everybody listened to hip-hop pretty much growing up and I'm from the suburbs, you know what I mean? But everybody was still listening to hip hop. And you had a handful of people that were like, I only listen to hip hop for the beats, you know? And like, that wasn't me. I loved, I loved the, the like cadence and the lyrics and the flow and all that aspect of it. But, um, you had a lot of people that were like, I love the beats and you didn't, you don't really like look back to the, the nineties and you don't see people, you don't see just like DJs. And that's what Flylo talks about sort of in, in one of those documentary little bits is he says, you know, we are, we were now the main show. You know what I mean? Like we weren't waiting for the MC to come, you know, like when right. we hit, when we hit play, it was on, you know, and that was it. And then, and that was the party. So it's like, and, and to me, that was cool because that was tapping in with a whole bunch of people that like really resonated with, you know, electronic music, sample based music, drum machines, all these things that was happening in hip hop. Um, but that maybe like didn't care about the lyrics or whatever. Um, and it, it, it sort of like gave, uh, you know, just a whole a whole like that's why I think that this thing is sort of this whole la beat scene whatever again is like a bridge between like hip-hop and electronic music and sort of like art house type shit where it's like 
archival samples yeah. and like or even like you know soundtracks jazz a hundred percent yeah yeah soul 70s funk and and r&b and all that so it's like well it's i think that's know. like just a big part of the you know what happens in the in the digging process right you got you got people that are a lot of them are just shopping and digging in those dollar bins for stuff right. that you know no one really even recognizes because you're just looking to pull amazing. something yep. like funky off of off of a track to to get twelve a loop seconds, going, you know, twelve seconds. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing. It's like you just find a thing that's even five seconds, and 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 this there, and you know, and it's the thing like there's a Dilla. I think it's a a Dilla documentary little thing about him and Madlib and you know, Dilla would like wake up with, and like his, him and his mom, he'd like wake up his mom and be like, let's go, let's go to the record store. Um, when he was like, you know, older, I think he was already sick at this point maybe, but he was trying to get to the, to the record store before Madlib would get to the record store. Right. Cause they were living in both in Pasadena or not, maybe not living in Pasadena, but they were both going to record stores around there, around East LA. And, um, yeah, it's just like you're gonna spend six hours at the record store that day. You know what I mean? Like it's deep, and yeah, and it's like you, you, yeah, you might, you know, you might check out, you know, three hundred records, and you might buy twelve of them, and you might sample four of them for twelve seconds. But like that's the thing that like people don't appreciate, I think, about these beat makers and uh, producers in general is that like these dudes. Both men, yeah. women, these cats all have the deepest understanding and the deepest ear of such a wide, like an encyclopedic knowledge of music, you know? Yeah. Um, same shit with DJs, you know what I mean? It's like, incredible. You just have to be able to go, boom, that, yeah, track three, two minute part, right there, boom, that's fire, you know? And, you know, from that, plus your own twist on it comes you know a whole new genre which i think is hard for maybe an older generation to appreciate because if i tried to like explain to our grandma you know what i mean like what's going on she'd be like i don't get it <laughs> it's like well we're taking a record and we're sampling a record and yeah we're using a drum machine and then we're printing that and then over the top of that we're triggering a sample and then over the top of that we're triggering a bass and then we might you know put an effect or a filter on the bass and then we're going to go to another scene you yeah. know a whole another section b section we're going to take out the drums this and that and we're going to do that and it's going to be like an hour experience <laughs> and it's like some really fucking crazy like advanced and like like really complicated shit to do you know what i mean like yeah it's 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 like it's really abstract stuff you know but you have to have a vision to make it coherent and that's like what this flying lotus los angeles record does so well in my opinion is it's like so simultaneously coherent and like completely fresh and new and like you know timeless you know it, it, it makes sense and it doesn't make sense always at the same time yeah. Also, I think, you know, you're talking about like just the production elements of it alone are insane to like put these things together. I think there's like so many crazy layers that people don't 
understand. And, but, but like, that's just like one side of it. Cause when you get to see these people perform this stuff mm-hmm. and that's become, you know, that seems to become bigger and bigger over time where there's yeah. like more of an audience and opportunities for these producers to go out and play shows. Cause that didn't used to be a thing. Right. You know, I mean, like I there's saw DJ sets and, and stuff like mm. that. No, I mean, I saw Flylo at Showbox Soto, which is like a 2,000-person room, and it was full. You know what I mean? Like, And you get these crazy visuals, and you feel the sub in your chest it's and an all experience. that. Yeah, it's like, it's really cool. And yeah, so I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm excited that we're doing this. So what, what did you think? This is a record for the listeners that that Dan picked from my catalog. We, we go off of our Discog uh, website catalogs of all the vinyl that we own. Yeah, and yeah. he picked this one. And um, so I I'm, I was familiar with it, but you weren't, correct? You never yeah, listened to I'd it? I probably, it? you know, listened Had to you it listened in to much Flylo uh, in general? Yeah, I I mean, not, not extensively. I've listened to... Just one of those you're names dead. that's been around. I've listened to You're Dead uh, yeah. a couple times, but just kind of in passing. I've never listened to anything intently. I feel like right. you bought this Los Angeles album maybe at Music Millennium, though. S- certainly possible. Certainly. Um, so I feel like I have I some sort of memory of, shit of you Millennium. purchasing this down there. And yeah, yeah I, know, I know the name. I know that this dude creates an experience with his music. So I was excited to get into it. And I think right. I, uh, for, for my first time listening through, I wanted to make sure that it wasn't some bullshit that I just had on in the background while I was at work. I wanted to, you know, immerse myself in it, in it and kind of like give it, give it That's the opportunity. Good. So That's good. I burnt one down. Yeah, and uh, I took a walk put, around the neighborhood. Put the headphones with, uh, on with our grandparents' dog, whom I'm I'm house sitting right now, and uh, might make an appearance with some barking on on this show because he is the. Um, I've never seen a dog with more anxiety in my life, which I feel like yeah. is pretty fitting for our family lineage on the Smith yeah. side. You know, he's all right. He's like a piece of work, but you also like can't hate because he's just stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> He's a sweetheart though. And yeah. we've had a good we've had a good week and a half so far. And uh, Damn, you've been there for a week and a half, really? Yep, yep. Uh um, and you're at their new at their place that they cuz they just moved back, back to, Portland. to Portland. I haven't been so. I haven't been to that place. So Cool spot. Cool spot. I see I nice see pack. you're like in the kitchen. I'm in the kitchen like. chilling. Right. Big friend. I'll see that kitchen one day. Big friend, he's laying on his bed being a good dog, you know, just chilling and so I took I took Francis for a walk and fired up the record and took a walk around the old suburbs, which is uh this is a this was a fun fun little record to listen to in this new development of homes because a long, it's uh, a long walk though, right? I mean it's a forty five minute record. I mean I kinda did it in spurts, you know. I didn't I didn't finish it all outside. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. just you know, hey, it's not a call out. <laughs> just wondering. 
This is a call in. It's not an attack. I'm not a, I'm calling. I'm, I'm calling you in, bro. <laughs> All good. Oh, and I went in, but um, yeah, dude, it it was fun to listen to because it's just like immediately this this dude creates the world for this record with Brain Feeder. The intro track is very much opening credits and listening to that Rick Rubin interview earlier today that he did like a year or so sometime during this pandemic i think listening to that and listening to him talk about like his passion for film and and making music for film like i when i listen to this record it feels like it's you know like it could be some sort of uh soundtrack for a movie or a score or something connection between it and and cinema is really strong it's just like every single song and i don't even want to say song because that's too limiting because within the songs there's little little vignettes but it's just every single every single movement is a setting you know a scenery um you know and there's that larry hurd record that i've been listening to so much and i just love uh called sceneries not songs which is some house music from the 90s yeah larry hurd from chicago and i think that 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 hit the nail on the head and to me like this even like feels like a part of the same lineage of like um the fact like the electronic music uh, lineage that Larry Heard was a part of when he did sceneries, not songs. And he's like, look, these are not songs. Like these are destinations. These are locations. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like these yeah. are places to be. These are places, these are things to experience. You know what I mean? These aren't things to, to just like consume absentmindedly. Like these, these, are, these will transfer you, you know, these will transport, yeah, transport you. And that's what Flylo is doing with this whole record Ooh. from front to back. You know what I mean? Is every single, and it's, and it's cool. Cause all these songs are pretty short. There's a lot of songs and it's, you know, it's 17 songs and it's 43 minutes. So it's short songs and every single song. And within that there's more, is just a little like new location. Mm-hmm within yourself you know within some sort of cosmic thing you know and it's so it's so convincing it's so um at no point does it feel like corny to me or does it feel played out or does it feel redundant or does it feel derivative of somebody else's music it's just like i i just you know this one this one has that first album energy you know or or early shit i guess some might consider this his second album but um yeah it's just like it is a location this album yeah i think that's like what i was kind of alluding to as far as walking around listening to this in the you know in this suburbs brand new development kind of this cookie cutter 
thing that feels like like if you put this record on it feels like you're in some sort of twilight zone episode and that you're yes. just gonna like end up walking around on the same block <laughs> yeah. over and over not knowing yeah. where your house is but also yeah man it just feels like you have blasted off to to something else like when you get into that second track breathe something yes stellar star yeah. but I, I, I just love that like you get this beat you know but it's not until like a minute in that you finally get a tease of some melody to it. You know, something right. breaks through and it's like, right. Those are those, those right. moments that, that just, yeah, stand out to me and that I, that I, I await on the second listen, right. you know? And that's the thing too, about like this record is that like, you're not, he's, you realize that like f- for a first or second record, this person has a lot of conviction and understanding of what they want to do a strong vision because they're not like they flylo has no problem saying here this first song is just like ambient musings you know explorations and the beginning of the second song is is also sort of abstract and really chopped up and broken and then you get into the when the beat really comes in with this one and this is like just vintage flying lotus like this is like if you put this on in the same way that like when you hear like Coltrane play those those Coltrane changes or you hear Miles play with a mute or whatever like or whoever like it's yeah. just like you hear Tom York sing you're like oh that's that like this is this it's like is, we we're talking about the DMX voice yeah exactly exactly like this you're like this is Flying Lotus and you know it's funny it's not funny it's not it's not anything it's just interesting because like people like you know he's a beat maker so everybody's like oh dilla mad lib but it's like you know like those are those are like mildly helpful to to reference you know but like you know it's like so much more, not more dynamic in any way, but it's just different. This is not Jay Dilla, you know what I mean? This is like, this is a whole nother ear. seems to be just like in him too like his drive is to take things to another level and really like carve out his own space listening to him speak and right just him even talking about you know the current age and beat making being so popular right now mm-hmm. and but everybody's using the same sounds for the most part especially right. if you're you're just like dipping your toes into it or you're you oh know, yeah you're not deep into it mm-hmm. you're you're a lot of times people are using like the same patches and all the same yeah all the same tones for things same sense sounds and whatnot so he's right. like on this trip to you know how do i open it up even further and, and this is 13 years old at this point man this record is like from a while ago like 
he he was doing this and 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 this was this insulated little you know community and like in again in one of those videos he says you know i found my 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 group i found my weirdos you know that's the way he says it yeah and he's like i just found you know my crew of people that just like you know wanted to make this sort of abstract music that like still bumps it's still like danceable it's still like got some vibes but like it's also like really abstract shit you know and i think it just resonated with like so many people like people were just like what is this you know this is like this is like one part aphex twin this is one part like yeah that apex like european thing yeah, this yeah. is one part like american hip-hop this is like one part you being like alice coltrane's like whatever great nephew or some shit which alice i had coltrane, no idea that there was uh that that family yeah that's his connection. great aunt yeah right. so like they used to go to the the ashram like all the time yeah man. like you know what I mean? Like it's just crazy. Like that's insane. And dude. him being, and she was just like his spiritual guru, yeah. and and the, yeah. you know, the yeah. head that he looked to pretty much for any any sort of like knowledge of life. Right, right, right. And it's like so, like you get this like crazy ingredients in the pot, and then like out comes like this flylo shit and you're just like what the fuck dude and so this came out on warp um a really cool record label apex twin same label um and um you know currently like danny brown is with them and a, a bunch like they do a lot of stuff of all different genres really cool experimental stuff um and then you know flylo went on to to start brain feeder um which the first song on this record is called brain feeder and brain feeder is where thundercat is and where, um, Kamazi is and Miguel Atwood Ferguson and hiatus coyote just, uh, joined on. So, you know, he's really created this community of like eclecticism. Um, and it's really cool to listen to this record. Cause this is, like I said, 2008, this is the beginning of all of this. You know? Yeah. And he made this shit on a SP 404, a handheld and thing. You get that for a few hundred bucks, you know? And if you told me that it came out last week, I'd be like, yeah, cool. You'd be like, this is sick. <laughs> yeah. But also if you told me it came out in two, like it, it's definitely, you know, it, it sits in that timeless category. Yep. I guess for, uh, especially for this style of music and, Man, just again, it's another another record, just as we always talk about with the great ones, is the right. the sequencing and the yep. seamlessness of a thing where you don't know when one track maybe even has ended unless you're paying attention to them switching. Right. Like Stellar Star into uh the beginner's fourth track. Falafel. And yeah. Or into camp uh, Stellar Star into Beginner's Falafel. Yeah. Right. I'm 
drove in the car with Victory for like four hours, and um, we we listened to this and we listened to Cosmogramma as well, which is the record that came out after this one. And um, he said really articulate and really like so it just was like damn that's right that's so true he was like you know you can tell that Flylo is a dj and i was like what do you mean and he was like like every song and even within songs the transitions to new sections the whole thing is so fluid like if you just listen to it front to back and you don't look at your phone or the record or whatever you're listening on it'll just be 43 minutes of experience. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's funny. Cause like, that's how I listened to the record for the f- first few years. I listened to it really is, was, it was just like, it was like, you c- I couldn't tell you the name of any of the songs on the record for the first few years. Cause it was just like, Oh, this is just that thing. Oh, this is that part. But every part was distinct. You know what I mean? But like how you get in and out of those parts was so fluid. It was like a DJ mix. You know what I mean? It was like it was like beat matching and 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 chopping and like yeah, you man. know effects that like you know filters that then flow into next sections and this and that. And yeah, it's like so true. Like I feel like he was so sensitive and and is just like innately because he's a DJ. Um, you know, to those, to those things, to, yeah. to the, to that flow. They, they do it very differently, but, uh, it's kind of similar to me, you know, Katronata is 99 yep, percent. Totally. Like that's, uh, it's, it's like, yeah, this just feels like I'm listening to a playlist or a DJ set. Right. And I was right. just talking to, uh, I just had this producer, Alice Ivy, out of Australia on the podcast Cool. the other day, and that's going to come out this week. And uh, Which will be like last week by the time that this comes out? No, no, it'll be this week. But it'll this be. isn't this one that we're doing right now. Well, I mean, like, not tomorrow. After. Like, I got an episode coming out tomorrow. Right. But then this is going to come out on Wednesday. This and is? Then, yeah. Next Wednesday? Yeah. Wow. Hello, world. This is relevant. <laughs> yeah, man. Is, we're right here. We're doing <laughs> usually this. It's, we're, usually no, it's we're a, just on it's pace a couple, now. It's a couple weeks usually. Yeah, so, we're hey. We're just rolling now. All right. We just cool, crank cool. these things out now, right? That's right. That's money. So you much think, money. Do you think the, the listeners are enjoying the semantics of this part of the conversation? I think they're interested because we're fucking humans. We're figuring out <laughs> our goddamn schedule. Anyway, Alice Ivy, she's got this record called I'm Dreaming. And it also gives me like that same feel of like, oh, this feels like a DJ set, which is yeah. incredible. And we're, and she, you know, she was just kind of talking to me about, you know, just doing the, the beat matching and, and stuff like that for certain tracks in and out of them to create that feel. Yeah, man. And I think that one of the things that Flylo does just so well um, is the percussion. If you like oh, put dear. on, Put on melt. Okay. Camp right. camels camels great too, but melt um you know, around fifteen seconds and let it run for a minute. Yeah, dude. It's true. Oh man. Thank you. 
got the sample. I assume that that's a sample. Maybe it's not. But you got the sample of like the hand drum. And then once this stuff comes in around 25 seconds, the shakers, the auxiliary percussion, it creates such a, a three-dimensional. And then at, at the 44 second mark, a whole nother layer comes in. And mixing engineers often talk about the, the, the dimensions of a mix that you have, you know, the, the, the north south, the top to bottom dimension, and you have the left right dimension, and you have the front and back dimension. Um, and you can do different things to create, to fill that space. And um, the way that he, especially in headphones, fills the space of all three of those dimensions. Yeah. It's just like masterful. Like you feel like the music is behind you, in front of you, mm. left, right, under, above, right, That's everywhere. the space. That's creating the, the full immersive space. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's almost like it's so effortless on this record and all of his records really because this is just what he does. It's so effortless that like a, a, a lot of people don't even notice it because it just feels so right. But like, if you tried to do that, it's so hard. You know what I mean? It's like so impressive. And then the way that um, Melt flows into Comet Course. This section of the record where for me you have like it really lifts off you are yeah, <laughs> yeah. you are no, you are in another another realm i completely agree i think that it's a little bit slow not not in a bad way at all but it's like it's patient you ease first, into it the first five songs are patient yeah exactly but it's so rewarding like if you if you're there for it to see the different spaces that it takes you is incredible and and just because it's so it's so fucking unpredictable right yeah, and like if you if you've listened it, to this this record over and over in your life yep i still I'm learn every that, every yeah. time i listen to it yeah. i'm just like oh jesus like even right now i'm listening to comic chorus and and it's just like so warm you know what i mean like the, the way that he's able to create these spaces with such subtlety, you know, he's never screaming at you, you know, like, hey, listen to this. It's sort of always the listener's choice, like what they want to listen to. cats do like knowledge for sure um is is he's really compressing and side chaining 
the the kick drum with with um, certain other elements of the mix where it's like ducking. So like when the kick mm-hmm. drum will hit, everything else in the mix will sort of disappear for that split second, and then it'll pop up, oh, okay. and it creates that sort of like dizzying effect that like knowledge like takes yeah. to a real extreme. Um, but it's really cool to hear that in this like fly low stuff because you can sort of hear your headphones like suck up, you know, every, every single time the kick hits, but it's like so quick that it becomes like, like a percussive effect in and of itself on top of the kick drum. You know what I mean? Yeah. I also, yeah, I don't know. Just some of the, the sounds he uses. I have it noted for another song too, where you're kind of getting some of those ones and zeros thrown at you. It feels like, and it's almost, it's almost like you're experiencing the world, but like half of you is still like in the machine or some shit, you know, or like, or, or you're just maybe like you're, you know, in the VR headset and you're just like a a part of it is like maybe glitching out a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah, just, some real Stanley Kubrick shit for sure. Like, yeah, especially like Orbit 405. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting and cool about that and, and a lot of these tunes, you know, the, the next song after that as well, uh, Golden Diva, you can hear the surface noise of vinyl. And I, I don't know if that's um, from an actual record or if it's just a plug-in, but the effect is really powerful that you hear that little like, you know, if you just listen to your headphones, you can hear that. You can hear the, the little scratches and the crackle, and it creates this interesting, like, dynamic where it feels like old school and like a relic, uh, like an artifact. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it's like so futuristic. You know what I mean? And I think that that's one of the cool things about this record. And a lot of Flylo shit, but it's so prominent on this record. Um, where it's like you can feel like it's like dusting off some ancient scrolls or something you know what i mean and golden diva man this tune when the when the when he connects the kick drum and that vocal sample um it's just like so powerful you know the way that it comes in around like a minute so cool you know like that's like yeah i I really want to know like how he did all of this you know like and how he did everything from from this to flamagra and all the records in between like um, so yeah you're talking about like these kind of like compressed sounds like golden diva 
Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. Like, it's like everything is ducky. and effects on everything's thing. everything's compressed. Everything is like, yeah, everything is really crunching, like super hard. And that's specifically a sound of the 404, uh, the SP 404 uh, sampler, which I sent you that little documentary about. Yeah. And that's like what Ross G was working on. I know that uh, Knowledge works on a 303 or a 404. Yeah. Uh, Madlib has worked on a bunch of. It's SP four hundred four shit. It's the fucking machine, man. Yeah, it's one of them. It's just like a, you know, an MPC is also another one. You know, like that, like a lot yeah. of people work on and um, and but but the specifically the compression that you hear in the drums um is something that like really is characteristic of the sound of a SP four hundred four and no matter what you really try to do, it's sort of like a Moog, like synthesizer. Like you can try to emulate a Moog, but like, unless it's a Moog, it's not going to be exactly like that. Same thing with like a SP 404. You can try to emulate all of that compression and all of that stuff. But like at the end of the day, if it's not coming from a 404, it's like probably not going to sound like that. So this song, this song specifically, but this whole record is really emblematic of like, of that you know it's like this is like you know that's the sound man like and that's what that's what is so cool about this shit is like this is a machine that like people are just doing this on their laps (laughs) you know what i mean like watching in like tv late at night you know just like making these amazing records and it just sounds so good because you're chopping stuff up and rearranging it and and then and then sequencing it, you know. I love when it gets to that break on Golden Diva, at like the two forty mark. Things kind of flatten out for a second, yeah. And it just comes back to life. Yeah, he's got he's like turning a filter on that. Yeah, one one thing I noted just listening to this this record was that there's there's such like the dynamic man is it it gets so intense at points in the record. Like and I feel like that's one of those oh, yeah. those moments when that happens, but I don't know, I just appreciate when somebody is able to like convey that sort of emotion through something without a, a vocal on it, you know, and that's like, right. What's so impressive to me about like all of this beat making and producing, mm-hmm. you know, across the board is just the emotion that is conveyed through these tunes. And like, if you're willing to go with it, you can, you know, like we're talking about just diving in to this whole world of something where that is Absolutely. not dictated by anybody saying anything, you know, and it's like this, this fuck rappers mentality almost. Like not in a shitty way. Right, right. It's just buddy, like we, it, we have our own thing to say. You yeah, know what I mean? Like we like, don't need 
a voice. Yeah, on like this. we are enough just making these these beats and these landscapes. Because also the thing is, like, if you listen to a lot of beats that like rappers are going over in a hip hop song, it's like a loop. It's like a four bar loop, and then like the beat doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Whereas like in in all these Flylo songs and a lot like just a lot of this stuff that is quote unquote beat maker stuff. Like things are changing, like you know, pretty frequently, and there's sections of the songs, and there's you know, tons of dynamics, and there's effects, and there's filters, and you know, there's there's you know, just envelope changes, and this and yeah, that, dude. and it's like all of those things that are happening is like what makes it a lot more interesting to listen to uh, than just a four bar loop, you know, or a sixteen bar loop that a rapper might be going over. And it's not a better or worse thing, but like. You know, if if a Flylo beat was a four bar loop that just went for two minutes, I wouldn't be that interested. It's what he does to create shape within that. You know what I mean? Right. Because you could get into like a minute twenty five of Riot, which I think is one of that. Like that's a heavy fucking song. Yep. You can get into that and you get that. Dun, 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 yep. dun, dun, dun. Like that could be the loop for the rapper. Just that totally. part, you know. Totally. But you have all these other elements to to create like the atmosphere and the story for all of the other production. I love how Riot is placed right before gangbang because because i feel like like it's it's like one of those it's like what we've talked about on some of the the free jazz records or moments that we've talked about on this podcast of maybe that sunny Chirac where you get something that's like real heavy and a little out of pocket and uncomfortable Mm-hmm. And then it's contrasted by something that feels so fucking good. That's right. And without the, you know, the dark, heavy moment, the other right. part does not feel the way it does. And that's that's, right. that's like that vibe, I feel like, when you get into Gangbang coming out of Riot. Here's a here's a pitch. Let's let's just play Gangbang for the folks right now. Let's go. Front front to back. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. 
was probably the first song when I listened to this record that like stuck in my mind. You know what I mean? Um, not that there weren't a bunch of memorable parts before, but that sitar line, that thing is like just so yeah and it's like such a choice you know what i mean that i was like oh that's this is that song you know and then immediately after that in the middle of the song like you guys just heard like it just goes into this whole second movement with that distorted bass and the super compressed drums and you know what's interesting about this song that I was thinking about today actually is that this song shows you, especially like what I was talking about that this is not like, here's a message to all you beat makers that are making beats and are just like making hip hop beats that are just like three minutes of the same shit. Don't do it. It's fucking, <laughs> it's fucking boring. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying you need to change it up all the time, but like, the point is that like this whole record, this Flylo record, that's a masterpiece. This is not a quote unquote hip hop beat maker tape. In my opinion, this is like, this is like so post genre, you know, there's so many moments of hip hop. There's so many moments of this like fat groove. There's a lot of moments of electronic and, and sort of like, you know, house leanings at times and, you know, club music and stuff but like yeah there's weird this, shit that just like in the middle opens up and sounds that, like it could be like a back a back song yeah dude that shit yeah. sounds like like that sounds like like prog rock or something you know what i mean like yeah. so it's like you know don't be afraid to to push out on those boundaries because you know you doing your little dilla drum thing and finding your four bar loop and then taking the drums in and out and doing that for two minutes and sending a 40 minute record like that is gonna get boring you know it's like really not adding anything to the conversation whereas like go listen to gangbang and see what what flylo did like that that's a masterpiece and then the way that it goes into parisian goldfish yeah also just just like this this is some real like grooving like this is like some house stuff that I might put in a DJ set, you know, like if I was playing at a club, you know, like. Got the big synths in here. And then when they just drop out. Like that's candy. He's not afraid to give you some candy either. You know, like that's yeah. that's just perfect. That's beautiful. And then right back to the synth. And then builds it up. This song is a uh, certified banker well it's cool because like you have this whole record <clears throat> that maybe like up until gangbang doesn't really make a lot of sense as individual tracks like it mm. only you know makes sense in the context of like the whole thing and then all of a sudden out of nowhere you have like these two tracks in a row that you could put in your dj library totally totally but again it goes it goes to the the unpredictability 
of the experience of it. And I will say the next song, Sleepy Dinosaur, has been a sneaky favorite of mine over the course of time. This is what I'm talking about as far as like one that goes heavy on the ones and zeros, like in that real, like that feels yeah. like you're in the motherboard yeah, or whatever matrix for is sure. creating yeah. this experience with all the glitchy moments. But it still like bumps pretty hard. Like the drums that he has. And again, this is just like, this is not something that you get from Dilla or Madlib. And I love Dilla and Madlib, but it's more just for for listeners to, you know, stop sort of like cheaply applying similarities between people because they're making instrumental music with electronic instruments. You know what I mean? It's like, this is a whole nother world of shit that like, is still it still has this like strut within the drums but like you said it's ones and zeros yeah and the vocal sample is so cool man it's like the way that it's like embedded as like a texture within the thing that you might not even notice as a vocal sample I would say if like if we were speaking in the context of jazz I would say this is this one's like pretty out and in it, out. and similar to like a jazz record it's it's another one of those things that just like kind of blows me away of what I've talked to you about like how do you find the thing amidst all this and make it work and that that shit just that blows my mind that just to be able to get everything to to cut through the way it does and you know it's it's very next level to me yeah i mean i think that flylo is just a genius that's what it comes down to i and uh fuck man roberta flack is one of my favorite tracks on this record i think it's the vibiest this is the vibiest track on the record i think this reverb and yeah there's some like lfos going on or something because like some of the frequencies are moving underneath what is, what is the lfo 
uh, a low the, uh, frequency. The listeners and myself oh. that are uh, dumb to this. It's 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 a, it's a low frequency oscillator. Okay. So like, what that means is basically you can set an LFO to like to some location, and it will slowly um, uh, affect the sound that is occurring, and you can choose what sort of sine wave you want, whether you want like a square wave or a triangle wave or you want a sawtooth wave or whatever you want literally the waveform that will be affecting it to look like and like a triangle is going to go up sort of at an even amount and then it'll go down at an even amount mm -hmm. whereas like a square will be zero and then it'll jump up to a hundred and then it'll stay at a hundred and it'll go back down to zero you know what i mean so this sounds I don't I don't even know what the fuck he's using but you know the triangle square uh, uh, wave is is like pretty it's wavy you know what I mean it, it creates this sort of like woom woom thing and you can set that parameter to any any location and that can create a like a slow like underground sort of like m like moving the 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 gut of the song um or whatever part you're selecting it to um you know movement you know to create sort of a sense of like imbalance in a way you know like where it's not this like repetitive thing it's like got this thing that's sort of like not a part of the tempo that's just like you know operating on its own time scale and like slowly really subtly changing it you know what i mean and you would totally understand what it's like if it was on and off, but the process of it, depending on the speed you have it set to, you know, if you have it set to a really slow speed, you might not even recognize that it's changed. You know what I mean? Um, it's like a subtle time warp. Happening. Yeah. 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 Totally. So like, you know, I, it, it, I, it, he knows a bunch more than I do, you know, about that stuff. But, um, I, I'm just curious to like how he gets these, the width of his, of his mixes and of yeah, his dude. experience, you know, it's just like, it's so, it is not, it's like, so the opposite of flat. Yeah. You know, sometimes you listen to shit and you're like, that's sort of flat. You know what I mean? Like classic example, that Neil Young record we did sounds great, but it's like flat as fuck. Like nothing wrong with it, but it's like the drums are here. Yeah, the guitar is here. The, the guitar right, is here. The, and the, the record. Yeah. The vocals are here. Like this is like 360 degrees. Like I said, like as a mixer, like front, back, left, right, top, bottom, like it is all over the, it is occupying yeah. all the space really masterfully. And even section to section within songs, like the back end of, of Roberta Flack when it gets in that like 215 moment. It becomes this whole different thing. Yeah, especially coming from where you came from in that song with the vocals and this and that. Yeah, and it's because it's like one of the first times you hear like a sweet vocal like that. Yeah, but then you get to the 215 part, like what we're listening to, and it's like starts to just sort of bump for like a yeah. minute it's like just a drum break and then they bring in the synths again but it's sort of more amp transported somewhere else yeah it's like here we go for that next track sex slave ship again when i'm talking about like vintage fly low sound that you can tell from a mile away 
Breathe is one of those. Um, and, and, and Sex Slave Ship. Like, this is one of my favorite songs on the record. Same. It's, um, it has a sense of wonder. You know what I mean? Like, that's sort of how I put it with, like, a lot of his stuff is that on this record specifically is, like, there's just this, like, amount of curiosity that comes through in the music makes me feel that way, you know? I listen to this and I feel curious, you know? I feel, like, interested or open or whatever thoughts come through, you know? It's like... And that's a really powerful thing for music to do, you know what I mean? But, like, this does it every time without... without halt, Yeah, man. You know? It just sends me on a... sends me on a different trip, you know? And each time I listen to it... It, uh, I don't know, seems to bring out something different, but somehow transport me to a similar space each time. like where you been what's going on you know and he was like oh, i just been in la working on this record with flylo because he's on the newest flylo record shabazz palaces are and i was like okay cool like how was it and he was just like that dude's the dawn <laughs> Hell yeah! That, that was like the only thing he had to say he was like he was like that dude's the dawn and i was like yeah i agree and he's like nobody better than him at what he does like that dude's just the dawn <laughs> i was like yeah man like and coming from issue like i have the utmost respect for in the whole world you know what i mean like i, I look up to yeah. him like hell you know and he's like fly lotus that dude is the dawn that dude is the top that dude's the cream of the crop nobody does you can't go anywhere else for what he does and i it's like it's just so true it's so apparent like if, if you listen to enough stuff, it's like, dude, like there's no, there's so many imitators, you know what I mean? There's so many imitators and you know, it, it, it's not impossible to get close. You know what I mean? It's not impossible to, to be, a, to be a nice imitator, but like, that's not, that's not anything. You know what I mean? With all due respect, you know what I mean? Like, and that's why I'm saying to people about like the gangbang thing is like, listen to this shit and like see see what you're gonna put into the conversation because if you're just putting in a an off-brand version of that you know like i'll go get the real brand version of that you know and everybody else will too and flying lotus would would rather you put your own brand on your thing you know go get auntie's harp and listen to this dude use the harp percussively and, and just the way he chops it up and yeah man I think that just like goes back to him, you know, seems like he is just really continuing trying to like open up the world for himself and 
keep discovering new ways to approach tracks and you know just the different ways to use and chop up yeah, instruments and using classical music and it's really cool that he sees his lineage as, a, as like a thing that is important like you know and that he's a part of you know? yeah because because it's really dope to see like this as an extension of alice coltrane's lineage you know what i mean like her lineage does not stop when she died you know what i mean like you can still really clearly see you know and it's like not like of course her lineage would carry on through other harp players like brandy younger and shit but like it's not only going to brandy younger and other like jazz harp players but it's going to like flying lotus and like electronic beat music and all that and that's because he like recognizes that as valuable you know yeah and which is uh, uh, just, just like doesn't see a box right 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 and that's just goddamn great ant dude that's unfair <laughs> you know what i mean like that's yeah. like that's amazing but it is cool, like you're saying too it's like you know there's there's tons of artists in the world that are have been impacted and and influenced by alice coltrane but to see like that blood connection that family lineage right you know show itself down the line in in something that is also incredibly mind expansive and pushing the boundaries of different genres of music right and i think it's probably it has to be in some way because like you know of their personal emotional inner relationship you know like that like I mean, if that's somebody that you grew up with that like had really reached a certain pinnacle of, you know, success and achievement as a musician and sort of like did what Alice Coltrane did, which was like, you know, just go like full on spiritual path, like, you know, not interested in doing big records or whatever for the sake of doing big records. Like if that's who you're like raised by, like. You know, I, I mean, I feel like we're sort of lucky with our grandma, you know what I mean? Like Dude, to yeah. be like, like we got a dope ass grandma that like has her shit lined up. And that's like a huge, um, you know, like we were definitely influenced being raised by, you know, her, you know, for around. sure, man. So like if I you would. imagine that influence like that, that Alice Coltrane had on on fucking Flylo, it's like yeah man like of course i'm not gonna make a like my first my los angeles record that i'm making like i'm not gonna make anything for anybody but myself you know what i mean I, that's where you have to be coming from and i assume that that's where he was coming from you know yeah when i was listening to him talk about his relationship with her and you know her being a bit of a spiritual teacher to him and whatnot, I was just like, oh, this is, yeah, this is how I feel about grandma, grandma right? you know, yeah, and dude. just like, oh yeah, that that is like just a next level force, I feel like, in my, in my life. Like, what a great example of like a human being to have a direct connection to. Like, you can just tap into that, like, whenever you want. It's inspiring to see, man. It's inspiring to see somebody that just doesn't quit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. That's um, that's real, and that that doesn't, you know, really get caught up with the bullshit. You know, that's like, that's it's a, yeah, it's a that's, testament. That's it's a testament, if you will. 
Yeah. yeah. I like that for a segue. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Testament Testament might be the one that features or that samples Dorothy Ashby. I might have been wrong about that. The upright bass. Yeah, it is. Okay, so this, yeah, yeah. Now that I got it in. Uh, yeah, this is the one that features Dorothy Ashby or samples Dorothy Ashby. Whole whole new dynamic. You get like this vocal jazz thing going on. It's creepy too, man. This whole thing, like this whole record, has a lot of moments that feels like you're in the underworld. You know, it's yeah, like I, you're you're in the Mario world, but like you're you're with the blue bricks. You know, oh man, that's a great, that's a fucking great reference. track on the record right and it sets up like something so beautiful the best song ever best song ever the best song ever this is your favorite track on the record mine oh yeah oh yeah i mean infinitum infinitum is like or do we have we have to play it out with this one right I think so, yeah. So, you know, before we get to Infinity, maybe let's play a little bit of Testament for the people. I don't know who the vocalist is. Um, Gondra Sophie? Oh, is oh is it Gondra Sufi that's singing? Okay, word. Cool. Um, yeah, Gondra Sufi is cool. He's also on, on Warp. Producer, DJ, actor, Yogi. Yeah, this is a this is a man. He's of, all about uh, it. <laughs> yeah. His genres: hip hop, psychedelic. Yeah, he's 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 in he's in deep. He's 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 so deep. Um, by the way, like you know, if 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 any of the listeners like what you know this Flyla record is, I strongly urge you to check out a the less the the rest of the Flyla records. And then, um, you know, the other, the other artists that we've been mentioning throughout Ross this, G man, Ross G Ganja Sufi, uh, you know, die base, like, you know, mind design. He came on later, but amazing. Um, eloquent uh, man. I recently had Daedalus, eloquent on the podcast. Whatever. That dude is, is a fucking killer producer and just like super fucking nice dude. Yeah. But yeah, man, this Testament song is cool because I feel like it's one last sort of hurrah of um, the the grit, you know, mm-hmm. of yeah. the crunch of of the haze. You know what I mean? Like this is still like really in the haze of of the Flying Lotus trip. You know what I mean? And then once you get over to Infinitum, 
auntie's lock. I just, I just don't have anything to say, man. It's over. It's it. It's just like, I, I, the song is so delicate. I didn't, I didn't even realize, tell me if you realize this, that this is quoting the big Ben, the clock. Really? Like there's that Miles Davis song called If I Was a Bell, If I Were a Bell. Um, and it's like, you know, there's like the Big Ben, Big Ben, the clock here. You should play this before for the for the listeners. Just go on and like type go to whosample.com. Everybody should go to whosample.com. It's an amazing website. Type in infinitum and then it'll send you to a link that shows you uh Big Ben clock. And the clock goes then play real quick for the listeners the song if i was a bell by miles davis where you'll hear miles play he plays he quotes that and they turned it into a a a, a standard and then i didn't even notice but it makes so much sense when vic literally today i was talking about how much i love this song and i was telling vic how we're gonna do this podcast and vic was like yeah it's so cool how they did the like big bang quote this and that I was like, oh my god, you're right. Damn, that's a trip. It's so beautiful. track is just such a breath of like fresh air i think it's like the perfect thing to like come down from at what can be like a jarring experience at times i feel like with this record it it feels like um i hate when people reference like psychedelic experiences in like a like a like a way like I'm about to because it yeah. feels like they're like meaningless, you know, or they're just like, oh, this is fucking time that I did. No, acid. man, it's but it's like, a- you know how it, you know how it sort of feels to like um, have had an intense psychedelic experience. And then there's that sort of dissension, you know what I mean? Where mm-hmm. you come back down a little bit and there's like a lot of peace there, you know? Where you're like, yeah. cool, I'm through the work. I'm through the anxiety. Like, I'm just alive and this is really nice. You know, like, I, yeah. I, I feel sort of calm and, and like, you know, comfortable, like existentially. Um, that's sort of how this song, you know, makes me feel. And the, the way that the, the kick drum is pulsing so so consistently throughout the whole song it's just like you know i it's just like yeah i mean it just feels it feels so it feels just something about this song is like 
existentially comforting to me. Yeah. You know? I don't I don't know what it is. It's a rare thing that that I feel um a rare thing that I feel. Yeah, and I was going to make the same reference as far as the uh you know, the closings of a a psychedelic trip. Yeah. So, uh you don't have to feel bad about it being cheesy. No, no, no. I don't feel bad about it. I just I understand what like you're saying. So many people are like, yeah. bro, then I like did acid at Joshua Tree and then I like saw a dragon that came down. <laughs> and I was like, bro, it's like, no, that's not, that's not what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm just talking about like, you know, you just sitting, you're in your head, you know, sitting the on the couch, in. just yeah. feeling, feeling whatever you're feeling. Sitting in the middle of the desert with the sun just fucking blasting on you. <laughs> yeah, that sounds stressful, man. Feeding the sun rays. <laughs> Being yeah, so we'll we'll have to we'll have to play this out with with this song because the listeners now don't know what the fuck we're talking about because we haven't played it yet. But I swear, it's an amazing song, and I I recommend to everyone going and checking out the rest of Flylo's music and also he has a anime that he is scoring a Netflix anime called Yasuke yeah Y A S U K E about like a black samurai I think mm-hmm. that seems so fucking sick it comes out Dude. like next week Lakeith so, Stanfield is uh yeah like he's Stanfield stars, he's such a yeah. fucking badass he's, yeah he's amazing so um and yeah Flylo scored it and I was reading some interviews with him and you know just like I, he's one of those people that I can trust that like he's coming from the place that I'm interested to see what he does like he's not trying to phone it in he's not like oh they want Flying Lotus so I'm gonna give them Flying Lotus you know it's like no like you know they want me to do some art with their art so i'm gonna do some art and that might be something like you never heard you know like i might take a left turn i might do something you know i'm not pre-prescribing what i'm gonna do for this soundtrack so i'm really excited to hear the soundtrack and watch that show yeah it's gonna be incredible dude i don't even usually you know care much about anime and i'm i've been hyped for that for sure yeah i can't wait um yeah, and you got to listen to this record front to back. It's not a it's not a one track type deal, you know. No, if you listen to don't it listen for one to track, it out of order. Just, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can. You'll just not. You'll just be like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you'd be like, I don't know what these guys are talking about. But um, if you, yeah, if you listen to it front to back in a sitting. With, you know, put the speakers on, turn off the lights. It's that kind of thing. It's one of those records you want to listen to as if it was a movie. You know, you want that to be your full attention. You know, no phone, none of that. Put your headphones on, turn off the lights. That's that's the vibe. Los Angeles, man. I told you, I, I purchased this record after the like at, before I was even done with the uh the first listen through I was on the phone with Music Millennium ordering one. <laughs> that's a, that's amazing. Yeah. So it's definitely yeah. it's definitely in the collection. I got to go pick it up still, but great uh great fucking record. 
I'm glad you liked it, man. Um, I will also say, Until the Quiet Comes might be my favorite Flylo record. I think that Until the Quiet Comes, for me, is the one that's just like... Los Angeles is amazing. Cosmogram is amazing. All of, his, all of it's amazing. Your dad is great. Um, but this is, an, this is just to say, everybody, go listen to Los Angeles. And then make sure you also, if you like it, go listen to Until the Quiet Comes. And also, go listen to Cosmogramma. Like, you know, do the astral plane on Cosmogramma. Mm-hmm, <clears throat> on Cosmogramma. All the, the song uh, fucking with Erica Badu, See Through to You on Until the Quiet Comes. Getting yeah. There, Until the Quiet I, Comes. I'm definitely going to I'm gonna dive into that one next, for sure. Yeah, it's just like pretty, pretty amazing, man. I mean, it's he's flying under the radar, but like is is one of the like the the you know like I'm trying to think of like an equivalent, you know, of like he's like what like Ornette Coleman was to jazz. You know what I mean? Like what Flylo is to electronic music is what like Ornette yeah. Coleman was to jazz where it's like just pushing these boundaries and just like truly, truly like unparalleled and you can't get it anywhere else. And the difference is I think that people either A, don't know about him or B, they like take him for granted because mm-hmm. he's had a couple of big songs. You know what I mean? Because he's producing all the Thundercat stuff and he did the song with Kendrick and he did a bunch of this and that and people are like, oh, whatever. But it's like, no, no, like, this is uh ish said it best man he's the don <laughs> he's yeah he's just a next level fucking mind and it's uh yeah it blows me away to to see what people do with their uh with their vision you know and this is definitely all my like undeniable this person is on their own trip. Yeah. And then man, in those interviews, doesn't he just seem like the nicest dude? Yeah. Doesn't he super just seem down like to earth, a super down to earth cat, just like trying to hang out, make his music. Yeah. Do his I love, thing. I love that. Like he approaches things at this point or at least up until like that most recent Rick Rubin interview in the sense that like he does it like a nine to five. He just like rolls one up. He wakes, yeah, he wakes up, rolls one up, has some coffee, and dives right in. And then he doesn't stop until he feels like he's done something productive that day, you know. And you know, if if he feels like he's gotten to a good place by five o'clock, he relieves himself of uh, his duties for that day. Yeah, and you know, steps away from it. I think that's a pretty good way to be happy, you know, like, you know, you tie things up in quality and in, in what you're trying to create, not, not in clocking hours, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. So what record are we doing next time? We're doing Within Without from Washed Out. Washed Out, Within Without, okay. Can't yeah, it's wait. cool, man. I've actually been, I've had a lot of time to listen to music over the last week or so or the since the last podcast we did which was maybe two weeks ago at most and i've 
I after I got super familiar with the the Los Angeles record, I've been listening to the other three records oh, simultaneously just to like you. see what else we were gonna dip into, and I'm excited for Extra these extra uh, credit Dan Cable. Hey, I'm excited for these next three episodes. We got washed out within without, and then we're gonna do the uh, title fight. Title fight, hyperview, and Bonnie Bear's fucking twenty-two million. Twenty-two million, yeah. So cool, man. Yeah, I'm excited. Bangers ahead. I haven't listened to this washed out record really at all, but I remember seeing it everywhere for like five years. It was just fucking everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that Bonnie Bear record, I also never listened to, but I absolutely loved for Emma, and I absolutely loved the self-titled and i didn't really listen to 22 a million for some reason so i'm excited to dive in on those well we'll be floating in the clouds with uh washed out on the next volume but volume uh, 17 volume 17 we just our kids can drive dude. 16 man volume he can drive. 16 our son our son can drive now this is fucked Our up. son can drive and he will be uh, departing to this Flying Lotus Los Angeles record, which I think is a great way to send our son out That's into right. the world. And then when our son gets to the title fight, he's going to be going to the military. <laughs> <laughs> he's joining the fucking army. Yeah, dude, within without is like his uh, his summer before the military it's just yeah like it's, it's all dream. good he he's got a love he's falling drugs. in love he's hanging out yeah he's drinking <laughs> and smoking yeah. yeah he's got his friends going to the beach swimming then he just fucking has to join the military because he's got an asshole dad or something you know and 22 million is is the fallout of all the of re- that and him yeah. processing he his becomes, life post he becomes and- his own self exactly <laughs> <laughs> <Amazing>. <laughs> this is good man we can we can do this all the way through <laughs> <laughs> that's so that's so sick um, all right cool man well listen i don't to, know what else to, i was gonna tell you to it all everybody yeah i feel like i was gonna tell you something else but yeah i don't know man great record flying lotus thank you Stephen ellison my mind goddamn one of, one of one of the many we don't deserve, man, but the many we need. Absolutely. Uh, big shout out to DistroKid. Use that link to, to uh, get that 30% off. The link is in the episode notes so you can, you know, not have to pay anybody for your, your music and take care of all them royalties and and all that jazz. Unlimited uploads. You have to respect a company that stays on the ground level. You know, like distro kid, like that's it's open to whoever can whoever wants it, you know. So Yep. Distributing a third of the world's digital music, distro kid, and they're sponsoring this fine podcast, you know? They love us. Yeah. They absolutely love us. They said, I'm sure, Hey, I'm sure we come up in the weekly meetings. Yeah, like, no, Did you listen to the hey. new episode of IDR? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they said, "Hey, yeah, that that rep, that that record they did was sure was good." Tom. Did you listen to that three-hour episode of IDR <laughs> on the Third Eye Blind they... self-titled album? <laughs> Talked about fucking geography for thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing! That's amazing. That's anyway, 
Links in All the right. episode notes, so hit that so you can get that 30% off. And we're going to send it out with the uh, the last track off the uh, Fly Low Los Angeles record. And that's that uh, Auntie's Lock, Infinitum. Who's that vocalist? Laura Darrington or something? Featuring uh, Lauren Laura Darrington? Laura Darlington. Darlington. Laura Darlington. And yes. she's done uh quite a few other things with Fly Low, it looks like. Looks like yeah. most of the vocal features she has done have been Yeah, with it's him. hard it's hard to find a bunch of other stuff with her on it. Cool man. Love you, cousin. Love you, cuz. And love this record. <laughs> I dig this record. Oh, yeah. I'm supposed to say I dig it. I'm not supposed to say I love it. You can say whatever you want. Because I don't know. Because it's not supposed to be.